0: Yo, 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 what up? What's happening? Uh, this is uh, Kels at KMGZ on Twitter. This is Thanks for Asking Kels Radio, episode 116. I am back. Um, this week, uh, last week was a little free freewheeling, little ranting, little raving, so I'm gonna try real hard not to do that this week, I think I've been going off a lot lately, I mean, it's a lot going on in the world, niggas, stressed out, so a lot of stuff to rant and rave about, but, like, nothing you can do to, uh, about a lot of it to a certain degree, so, I'm gonna try not to do, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna do my best not to do, uh, so much of that this week, um, because, you know, this shit in the world can, you know, drive you crazy and have your blood pressure super high, so, um, we gon' I'm gonna try real hard not to do that this week. Y'all gotta understand though. I'm a mulatto raised by a, a crazy um, black man that you know was a black Muslim and then a regular Muslim, and you know it's, it's a lot. You know, but light skins, militant light skins, me, Cap, you know, Malcolm, Huey, all these. We got we got shit. We got points to prove. We got you know a lot of shit with us. So for those of you who don't really understand mainly all white folks black black people know but white folks out there y'all don't really understand like how this is that's that's how it is we we we, we got points to prove um okay i just start with yours and negritude and i have a yours and negritude for another podcast the only other podcast i've really shouted out on here was um you Must Remember This, which is, like, one of my favorites. Um, it just, the new season it just had just ended. Um, this wasn't my favorite. So, um, You Must Remember This. I've told you before, it's, like, a, a podcast about old Hollywood, but they have, like, within the podcast, some, sometimes they have series, uh, you know, a few episodes on the same topic. And um, this last season they did Jane Fonda and Jean... I forgot her name. Some old school star. I just, I didn't, I listened to it, but I just, I didn't, I wasn't too interested. I'm not a huge fan of Jane Fonda. The part about her Vietnam was, was interesting because having been in the Marine Corps where her name is like reviled to hear, you know, the other, or the objective version of the story, cause the niggas in the Marine Corps, you mentioned Jane Fonda, forget it. So to hear the objective version of what all that was, cause all that stuff occurred before my time in Vietnam, I'm not that old, I don't know, I was born after Vietnam was over, so I don't know nothing about all of that anti-war stuff, Um but to hear, you know, an objective uh, version of it was good, so, but, my yours and never to today is going out to another podcast that I just found today called Breaking Brown, and I'm a little mad at y'all cause when I went on my little Twitter rant about how I just, you know, I was tired of these goddamn every podcast seemed to me, not everyone, I mean, everybody knows the NPR, everybody knows the ones, you know, that are easy to find, but like, I I, I like variety when you at work, or whatever you're trying to get around, and I just wanted some different ones, I'm tired of these relationship ones, and um, you know, some people with the podcast talk about, oh, well, you know, it's too many pop cultures, or it's too many sports, or it's too many that's, so I think, I don't, I I don't agree with that, like, every radio show that's on, you know, they all the same thing, but it's different personalities and different, you know, way they approach things, so, I mean, that's like saying there's too many true crime TV shows, which is a a blasphemy to me, because I can watch ID all day, like, I don't, the genre, I don't think there can be too much of any genre, um, you know, I think that's ridiculous, like, I mean, I guess, but, um, when I was asking for, like, podcasts of interest, because what I'm, I don't, these popular ones that, not mentioning no names, but these popular ones that have, you know, all the backing and, you know, a p- famous person or, you know, radio personalities or whatever attached them or movie, whatever. These famous people that have just taken, packed their shit up and, and just moved what they already do over to a podcast. I don't be liking those. Like, I, podcasts to me are different. Like, I got into podcasts because I wanted to hear, firstly, I like smart people. I like smart people's intelligent conversation. I don't want to hear the same dumb shit that I hear on the radio, the same dumbed-down shit here on the radio. Because here's the thing about me, guys, and I know this is a long yours and a nigger, too, but whatever. I, I said that I was going to stop... Um, I was being humble and, and you know, everybody, not just me, people should start, especially in these times we live in, people should start really bigging up what they do and really poking their chest out and stop trying to be humble and stop trying to diminish what you do. I'm, I'm a fucking amazing motherfucker. Like, I'm an outstanding, like, nigga. Like, if you... Some of y'all out there know me, y'all know my background, y'all know my resume, y'all know I've done some amazing shit, right? And um, I'm smart. I've always been smart. I was in the Mentally Gifted program, my IQ has always been higher, I've always been smarter than most kids. Like, when I was young, a really um, younger, like, in elementary school, like, I had, a, not had an issue making friends. I could always make friends, but didn't ever have a lot of friends, because... You know, I was just smarter than other kids, and I just found kids dumb. Like I, just, <laughs> the stuff that you know, you eight, nine, and ten year old, perfectly normal stuff for an eight, nine, ten year old, but it, to me, it was like, this is you're an idiot. This is the stupidest shit ever, and I don't want to sit here and watch cartoons all day. Like you know what I mean? So I like, and and smart people can gauge one thing that smart people can do that dumb people really can't, and it's part of what makes them dumb. Is can gauge intellect can gauge you know where they are on the scale All right, these people are not as smart as me these people are smarter than me we're about here so I like people who are smart I like people who are intelligent I like people who I can tell are educated not formally at least well read know how to find sources know how to distinguish between sources know things and so those the kind of podcasts I tend to like to listen to. I don't get me wrong, I like the entertainment stuff too, of course. Because I don't like – me personally, you know, I don't want to hear that smartyarty nigga shit all all the time. Like I like the laugh and joke too, and like the the NPR and the um, Pod Save America. Like those type of podcasts that are very famous. A lot of people I don't tend to listen to those because, um, I don't know. Like they're just not. I don't like, like, the straight newsy ones or the straight information ones. Like, it has to be entertaining. And so, the NPR type talk radio, and, like, I don't want to sit and listen to a nigga, like, give me a lecture on a podcast. Like, no thank you. I went to college. You know, I can read. You know, I don't I don't need that. So, I, I like the ones that have a, a bit of a flair or just something unique about them. And the Breaking Brown one, I just heard it today because it was on Twitter and, um, J. Dan, shout out. I don't know if you listen, but was tweeting about, you know, the the, the um, Jay-Z interview on title that everybody's going up for. And she linked me to it, and it was she got two episodes, uh, uh, one about Jay-Z, well, it wasn't about the podcast, it was about the album, and then another one about Diddy. And it's just, it was like, all the things that I think and I want to say, because I say a lot of shit on Twitter, but, you know, Twitter's 140 characters, like, you can't really, I mean... Really, just really witty, smart people. Yeah, you can, you know, you can, you can get your your shit off. But I mean, you know, I think everybody understands that. Like, most people are just, you know, not. I mean, some of y'all do try to put y'all dissertations on Twitter and you know your think pieces and all that, which drives everybody else crazy. But you know, I, most people don't do all that on Twitter. They just say what they gotta say. But it linked me to it, so I listened to it today. Listen, to it, it was two episodes a day, and it was like so spot on. It was so accurate. And it's like the things you want to say on Twitter but you don't because you get tired of arguing with dumb niggas or you just don't care enough or it's just like whatever. Think what you want to think. And um you know, I, I love Jay. That's my rap god. That's the GOAT as far as I'm concerned, but like um I didn't even watch the I didn't even, I didn't watch the whole podcast because like I just I didn't want to see I Jay, I have been a fan of Jay-Z for a long time. But I've never heard an interview he's given where anything was particularly deep or anything was particularly, you know, pro- profound to where I need to sit and listen to him. And quite frankly, like, his albums give everything. Like, he, there's a Jay-Z line for every situation in life, and that's true. Like, I, I don't think his interviews are e- any more in-depth than his albums. Like, there's a—he says everything that needs to be said. That's why he's such a great artist. That's why he's a gold to me, because he says the jewels he drops on record— are all you need, like, I just don't really need an interview, and, um, so I watch the clips, like, I'm, I'm just not finna watch it, because he just doesn't ever say anything groundbreaking to me, like, he said, if you are, if you are old, older, say, 30, 35 or older, and you grew up, like, you know, you Gen X, and, or you grew up, you know, around 60s, um, 60, I don't talk about 80s, 90s, you know, when you was a little kid, or whatever, you was a teenager, old niggas around the way, all the little dope boys, or whatever, the old heads. Jay just be saying the shit that they used to say, the 5%ers, you know, everybody, I'm from Philly, so, you know, I'm black, I'm from Philly, every revolutionary type black there exists in the world is in Philly, you can find them in Philadelphia, like, North Philly specifically, like, anybody... Who know Philly? Y'all know exactly you know what I'm talking about. Like we were serving halal before niggas knew halal was. I mean, I was like five, six, seven embarrassed because my dad was coming to school with his little kufi on and all that. Because back then, ain't nobody wear that shit. Niggas looking at my pops like he crazy. Like Muslim wasn't, you know, wasn't hot then. It started to catch on, but you know. So, um. But she, it was just breaking brown. It's a great podcast. Broke it down. She broke down about how, like, you know. This thing about hating on Levo- I don't I don't I don't follow honestly there's two parts of Twitter that I really avoid cuz I think the takes are just horrible um, TV and film Twitter like uh, suggestions or any kind of any kind of culture suggestions um, I avoid all Twitter except for certain you know tweeters who I know um, share my taste or I think have good taste and never leave me wrong I call them Twitter tastemakers, but in general, Twitter has horrible taste in music. It has horrible taste in art and culture and shit. Like they, 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 y'all hype everything. Y'all be acting, you know. Y'all don't have no discernment. Y'all be comparing apples to oranges. Uh, you know, just so it's one part of Twitter I, I tend to avoid, but um. So that being said, um, this thing about LeVar Ball, I have missed a lot of it. because Oh, and this other one is sports Twitter. I, I avoid sports Twitter because, again, horrible, terrible, awful takes. Just ridiculous, dumb shit that y'all say. So I don't follow a lot of sports Twitter. Don't follow a lot of sports people. So I missed a lot of this LeVar Ball thing. I didn't even know it was a thing. I started, like, when the um, Final Four was going on when UC, or the tournament was going on. And I started seeing him retweeting this dude, and I was like, who is this dude? And then when UCLA lost, I saw them tweeting him with the Jordan cry face, and I still was like, who is this dude? And then I started seeing LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball, all this shit, and I was just, just like, I don't know who this dude is. So as things started going along, I started figuring out who he was, and I started seeing a couple clips... Um, I just thought he was a horrible dad because I, he, just, to, he just, to me, seemed like somebody who was using his son's opportunity to try to relive his, you know, whatever opportunities he missed and, like, stealing his son's spotlight. Like, I just – I think he's a horrible parent, whatever. Um, everybody want to give him credit. He's a genius because he got his two boys to the NBA. I mean, you, you were given two tall black boys who can play basketball. Like, I mean, so much of that is is, is chance <laughs> that – I mean, you know, I don't know how much credit you want, okay, you kept them out of trouble, you kept them off the streets, you got them into the right leagues, and I mean, congratulations, but I mean, you, you when you got two sons that are 6'8", six, 6'9", six, however tall they are, I mean, and you put them in basketball, you know, I, I, does that make you a genius? I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I tend to say no, especially now, like, Now, when sports is just such a program where it's like a a program, like, you take them, you put them in, they're good, okay, you send them to certain schools, you put them in the AAU, and now, you know, and they just go from there, like, it's such a system, it's not like when I was coming up where, like, people really, you know, you had to go to high school, and if your high school was good, you know, your high school city got a reputation in the city, and, you know, scouts would know to come to that school, and, you know, stuff, you really had to, like, work hard to to make it, I mean, not that they don't work hard, but, you know what I mean, it's a system, like, you want to be a pro athlete, you got the physical tools, you good, it's go here, go there, go there, boom, that's how you do it, and hopefully you don't get hurt, and, you know, have no issues, and, you know, it'll work out if you have the physical talents, so, you know, I don't know how much genius that takes, um, but, just this, you know, so Jay spoke on it, and it's just this thing where, you know, I don't know how this got translated, and he put these sneakers out, and it's just the hard the sneakers are ugly, they're rip off Kobe's. He he blew endorsement deals for his sons, trying to force a partnership, a part, quote fingers a partnership with these sneakers. And like anybody who knows anything about sneakers or any any of this, like anything at all knows how dumb that was, like, and for somehow that got turned into people are hating on him, like, LeVar Ball's the first motherfucker to ever think about having a sneaker, or, or like, what are y'all talking about, like, and so this interview with Jay-Z, and, you know, people are haters, and hate, look, I love Jay, but I don't, I think it's funny how nobody questions anything he says, and how everything he says is golden, like, like, nobody's hating on him, all anybody is like is like, dude, you're a terrible father you're fucking with your son's money, Nike is not gonna do a partnership with these ugly ass rip off Buzz Lightyear shoes you got you trying to charge $500 like you don't know what you're doing, and it's not that you can't get a brand going, you probably could but you gotta hire people to know what they're doing and you don't, and either way Nike doesn't need you, so anyway, listen to the, but she breaks it down to why it's really bullshit, and I'm not gonna say it here but if you listen to her, you know Niggas be saying they own stuff, but they don't really. I mean, or they do or it don't be like what you think it is. But this was a long ass a a negative. Breaking Brown, new podcast, y'all should check it. I highly recommend it. But it ain't for dumb niggas, so I'm letting y'all know right now. Um, she's very thorough, she has statistics and she's very smart. Like, I don't know how I've missed it. It's I, apparently it's on YouTube also. I'm good on that, like I'm not gonna watch nothing on YouTube, but I'll listen to the podcast, which I which I understand is just recording of her of her YouTube. Okay. That was long, long way around. Um so let's move on to current events. And these are gonna be really fast too because I struggled to even come up with them. Um Well actually no I didn't. Um so Black Rose Rock came on last night. Now I could sit here and lie and tell y'all I watched that whole show. I really did not. Um I was only interested in Yara who I think is outstanding, Yara Shahidi and Issa Rae who I've been a fan of for a long time I watched Black Girls Rock last year, was it when they on Rihanna or the year before whatever cause y'all know how I feel about the Beijing beauty, I support anything she does um, and I think she's a black girl that rocks um, but uh, you know, it's I ain't gonna sit up here and lie and act like that's a show that I ha- I know, I know, it's black women it's power, myth, positivity, I, I watched it but I ain't watched the whole thing because it just listen. The sister girl, Shea Butter, Unity, Natural Hair. Let's all wear our hair out in afros. God bless y'all. That's not my scene. It's just it's just not like you know. It ain't for me. Um, but I I did watch Yarsha. He I thought she gave an outstanding speech talking about don't focus on what you are not. Focus on what you are. I think she's fly. I have always thought she's fly. She has a. Spe- so the character that she plays on Blackish and the relation that is was me like Yara. Uh, what's her what's her name on the show? What's Yara's name on the show? Damn, I'm drawing a blank. Um, uh, what's Yara's name on Blackish? Okay, well, whatever. I just drawing a blank. That was me in high school. Like that was me. That was my dad. That was our relation. <laughs> like like. <coughs> sorry. So that I love that show and I love y'all, ER because I'm like yo, that was so me in high school. I didn't have siblings, but like, that was me. Um, and that's how my dad was with me. Um, okay. So shout out to Black Girls Rock! Shout out to Issa Rae with her her speech. I think Issa's great. Um, insecure. Um, the way she writes those characters that the, the, the like. The characters are so realistically imperfect, and the situations are so realistic. That's how everybody get the yelling back and forth. Fuck Lawrence, never too late to say that. But like, I, I just—it's just genius. It's great the way she—it's so realistic. It's so—it's so, it's so like—it seems really simple, but it's the simplicity that where the genius is because it's like the things that they show on that show, they get you so upset, because people do that shit, like, everybody knows somebody who has done that, like, everybody knows a Molly. everybody knows, a Lauren. I know, I know several Lawrence's, everybody knows, like, everybody knows somebody on that show, and those, those situations that happen, and it's just like, we see so many shows where they're white-centered, white cast members, white situations, like, we, you know, we different, like, black people, we don't do that, like, they're friends and all that shit, like, we don't, we don't, we don't do that, so, this is just a black show, and it's un. And, but it's not like a. The thing I like about it is not like a. A super like we trying to be black and be black ass show. Like let's make go out of our way to be black. It's just it's just a show with black people doing black things, and it's like we're not trying to pander to white people. We're not trying to make you feel cut. like you can watch the show as is, or you cannot, and like, that's what I love about it, like, this is how we're not gonna explain our slang, we're not gonna explain the shit our, we do, we're not gonna try to make you feel comfortable, like, this is how we, this is, uh, it's so realistic, right, and I love it, and that's kinda why I got annoyed this is moving on to the second subject I got annoyed with the condom thing so they, um you know, there's a lot of sex on the show, and, um, you know, people on Twitter and elsewhere harassed, or I'm calling it harassed, Issa Rae, about not showing condoms, and it's like, bruh, like, what show on TV shows condoms? Like, none, like, like, use your imagination, or don't, like, that's not a plot point, like, if they want to make it about, it's not an after-school, it just annoys me, it's just a a geniusly written show, there's so many levels, it's so well thought out, all these, none of these shows on TV, is anybody stopping for condoms? Like, come on, and and real life either. With the way these child support conversations be going, like, come on, my nigga. Like, use your imagination. Like, yeah, maybe they use condoms. Maybe they didn't. Like, do they do they stop to show somebody using condoms on Scandal on any of these shows? Like, I that just annoyed me. I just thought it was very pedestrian. Like. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, why are you asking because it's a black show? They got to have. I don't like that. I don't like when niggas try to put the, all, you know, the weight of everything on something because it's a black show. Because it's a black show with black actors that's, you know, targeted to a black audience. We got to have all these public service announcements and, oh, and let's have the AIDS announcement. Oh, like, come on, man. Y'all trying to turn into a public after school special and that's not what it is. I don't like that. I didn't like that all the sex on, I just, I don't, I don't like it, I just thought it was silly, like if they want to have a, if they want to write that into the episode some kind of way, somebody shows up pregnant, somebody gets an STD, let them do it, let them write it in the way they want to write it, don't be, like, trying to fucking insert your dumb shit into their writing, so eventually Issa Rae responded, she tweeted, she was like, look, which was nicer than I would've been, I would've just been like, um, yeah, it's not a plot point, just, um, you know, use your imagination, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, it's really not, it's not a plot point, it's a half an hour show, we don't have time for that, like, we're trying to get the scene out and tell the story, and condoms are just not a part of it, if you want to assume they were condoms or whatever, like, I, I, she was like, yo, we try to have condoms somewhere in the background, but we hear y'all, I was just mad that she had the response to it at all, because I just thought it was ridiculous, like, come on, man, um, y'all do the most, um, yeah, that annoyed me, so, uh, cross that off, um, Harry Irving was traded to Boston. Isaiah Thomas is going to Cleveland. Don't give a fuck, but I just thought I'd mention it. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention, and I guess yeah, we'll put this in current events, so with all that's going on in the world today, with the neo-Nazis and our president being a fucking racist and all this shit, um, there's a inter- very good article, you guys probably have to Google it, because I can't tell you what uh, a week or episode or month it was, but it was in GQ and it's about Dylan Roof and it's called A Most American Terrorist with you know all this back and forth and you know people trying to normalize neo Nazis and oh they're not that bad and not everybody was a neo Nazi just go read it it's a it's an outstanding article on Dylan Roof on white supremacy and how you know just the whole history of like how this occurs and how and how people like that get to where they are and what's going on in the country right now with this stuff it's very good it's very well written um it's not dramatic, it's not sensationalized, it's called Most American Terrorist GQ, if you google it, I googled it, it'll come up, just google Dylan Roof article GQ, or just put the name in, it'll come up, read it, it's long, but it is well worth it, it's very good, um, yeah, moving on, the other thing, and I hate to have to mention this too, but I will, so I guess Chris Brown has his little documentary movie or whatever that came out, and um, you know, it's 2017. This incident that happened Rihanna's in 2007. That's 10 years now. So now he's on his umpteenth. He's, he's told so many versions of the story. So now he's on this umpteenth version of the story. And you know, I, domestic abusers—they—they are—they all when they tell their story, or tell what happened. They all sound like they're reading off a script. It's always the same thing, like to to the letter. So now he has this story, he tells this part of the story, he tells his version of what happened in the car that night, which is totally different than the police report and every version prior to this. You know, he, she grabbed his nuts and she was hitting him and it was in an abusive relationship. Uh, where was all this at, uh, Chris Brown? So now people are just showing it and retweeting and Rihanna ruined his life and see it was two sides, it was never two sides. You have not heard this story from Chris Brown before because it is a lie uh, 10 years later that he has decided to tell because he just refuses to tell the truth and deal with what occurred. Um, if All you got to do is Google. I don't know. They might have snatched it off the internet by now. But all you got to do is Google, and that police report will come up. And the police report tells what occurred. And it matches – um the story that Rihanna has always told, her story has never changed. Um his story constantly changed it. makes no sense. He looked like soldier boy with all this all this he was supposed to be she was supposed to be hitting him and grabbing his nuts and doing all this while he's driving. It's not possible, my nigga. It's not possible. You would have crashed. Um he's a fuck boy. He's always been a fuck boy. He he ruined his own life, he has not been able to keep clean for six months from that accident till now, he has a whole other restraining order against him from Caruche, who said she he abused her, and kicked her down the uh, steps, and uh, punched her several times, and she finally, when he threatened to kill her, which we all saw on the snap, because he's a clown, um, she went and got the restraining order and it was granted, so you know, all you niggas with the poor Chris Brown, listen, you know, I don't know what to tell y'all, y'all probably birds of a feather, because you know um, it's clear what occurred we saw her face Um, I never believed that I mean do I believe that maybe she might have uh, hit him or punched him sure but it didn't warrant what we saw with her face and I actually, I don't believe it at all, honestly, because that's what all abusers say. That's always the story. Well, she hit me first, or she was hitting me too. It's never, They never take responsibility. They always try to put the blame on the victim. They always try to make it like it was two ways, and they didn't have no choice, and what was I supposed to do? Always. All those domestic abusers sound the same. Her story made sense to me. It always made sense to me. She um, admitted... I, I, first of all, when I heard he bit her, I don't know if y'all know, but like when you bite somebody that is either extreme desperation where you are just trying to get somebody off you so you don't die, or extreme rage, okay, and I knew when I heard that story that uh, her side was true, he banged her face into the the dashboard, blood was all over the car, we saw her face, he pushed her out, um, she says that she grabbed for his phone and she grabbed for his uh, genitals trying to get him off of her because he was choking her and she couldn't believe. Her story has always made sense to me, it matches the police report, it matches everything we know about it, it has never changed, um, she went on Barbara Walters, and she told the story, and Barbara Walters was trying to lead her, and trying to make it sensational, and trying to put words in her mouth, and she would always bring it back, like, no, that's not what I said, oh, but you said he knocked you unconscious, no, I said he was choking me, and I felt myself going unconscious, I did not go to she's never lied, she's never embellished, She's always told the story the same way every time. And my dad used to tell me the truth never changes. When when you just tell you don't have, when you're telling the truth, it should be this it should be what it was today. Ten years, twenty years, it should never change it's the truth. Stories only change when you lie and you embellish and you forgot what you said the last time, and now you're adding on shit to try to make it sound better. Her story has never changed. So listen, I don't know. If you still believe in Chris Brown or still, you know. Chris Brown, not so bad, listen, God bless, but, um, you know, it is what it is, and, um, I, I just don't know what to tell you, and nothing about that sounds believable to me, um, finally, lastly, but not leastly, I wanted to give a shout out to the Whitney Houston documentary called Can I Be Me, which is coming on this weekend on Showtime, um, I had heard about it, and then I saw that it would, it that con or was it con. Yeah, I think it was kind of one of those film festivals. And it got good reviews. And, um... It's... Basically says that Winnie Houston died of a, of a broken heart. And, you know, I'm gonna watch it. And... I don't know, I might not make it. If it's anything like Amy. Because Amy was... Amy broke my heart. Because, man... Amy Winehouse's family wasn't shit. Her mama wasn't shit. Her daddy wasn't shit. And, and they, they, you know killed her, basically. Um, being selfish assholes. <coughs> Sorry. Swear to God, I ain't never got a call until it's time to record this show. Um, so, I'm gonna watch it. Um, it looks pretty good. It got a good write-up in the New York Times today, and it basically was like, it just showed, you know, it, it, it's, it's very objective, and it just shows, like, what she went through, and how you know, once so there was always rumors that Whitney Houston was in a relationship with her uh, assistant slash best friend that she knew from when she was little. Um, her name is Robin Crawford. She wrote a very nice, um, what's that thing called, obituary obituary or eulogy, for Whitney when she died in L.A. Times. And I remember reading it, and I remember it being really good, but I remember also noticing that it was written as if she hadn't spoken to her in a long, long time but I'm not sure if that's true because (coughs) I've read since then since she's died that they actually uh, so she was becoming a problem these rumors it was affecting her career I don't know like I've heard different versions of the story but the story that most people say is that her mom was really upset and and it was affecting her career and so she had to make a decision so she married Bobby Brown to uh, protect that image and then it just it was a problem, and so she ended up. They ended up parting ways, and that from that point, it was just when Whitney just started to spiral down until she died. Um, which I believe I've I've always believed it. Sort of. Well, I I won't say I always believed. It. I wasn't sure. I really didn't care. Like you know, whatever. I just like Whitney. I was like you know whatever. That's her business. Like I'm you know. I I just didn't care. But I really. Um, thought, well, not that I thought, I believed it, I believed that it was true, I was like, ugh, oh, that rumor was true, when I, when I saw C.C. Houston on Whitney, on, sorry, on Oprah, and when we, and when Oprah asked her about it, the her response and the way she behaved, I've, I know that, that kind of woman and that kind of response and those old black church ladies who just, you know, are well, we don't accept that, and we don't do that in this family, I know that, I know lots of people like that, I know what that's like, and as soon as I saw her do that, I knew that it was true, I was like, okay, yes, because, when Oprah asked her, like, and this, is Whitney dead at this point, Whitney is dead at this point, and Oprah asked her, Oprah was like, well, if she had come to you and told you this, would you accept her? And say, No, I wouldn't accept nothing. Like, here's your daughter dead. Your daughter is dead, and you are still this steadfast and that you wouldn't accept her being gay after she's dead. You would think somebody would be like, I wouldn't care. I'll take whatever I, whatever I wanted from her. If I could just have her back, I wouldn't even care what you would think. She was, no. So it was to the point, and, and Oprah physically repelled. Oprah sat back like, my God. Like, you could see Oprah's shock. And Oprah actually sat back like, wow, like really, and that's when I knew that it was true, I was like yep I've seen that, I know I know that exact reaction, I know what that's about, so I believed it and then it was cemented when Bobby Brown himself, when he had whatever little stupid ass book, I don't know Bobby B, Bobby B Bobby he had something that came out recently, I think it was a book or, or maybe he had his own document. no, it was a book, that's right, it was like being Bobby or something Bobby Brown, something and he said himself, he confirmed he said that he think that um you know, when they broke up it really, Whitney just went on a spiral, and she and it, she, she. He thinks that if she had been allowed to stay in her life, that Whitney would still be alive. So, he He basically confirmed the rumor. So, there you go. So anyway, the, the movie is supposed to be about that, and it's supposed to tell the real story. And it's supposed to follow her, and it's. I, I looks good. It looks like because I, you know, that one they did on Lifetime or whatever it was it was okay, but, you know. I don't I I would like I was a big fan of Whitney Houston. When Whitney died, man, that shit broke my heart because I loved Whitney Houston. She was a great talent. Every description of her, she was a great person. Um you know, everybody that talked about her said said how 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 nice she was. She had her issues, she had her drug problems, but if you know like I know, you know that a lot of uh people who are fighting against their sexuality or, or have um, you know, problems with people accepting them for the sexuality. That's what a lot of them do. They turn to drugs, not a lot, but to the point where it's a stereotype, where they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol to try to tamp it down. It's a long, it's, it's a long-known story. Research it, Google it, it's known. They turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol. Um, that's where the stereotype that, you know, drugs, gays are drug addicts and alcoholics, that's where it comes from, because back in the 40s and 50s, when you really didn't have no rights, and they really could lock you up, and you really couldn't do anything. You know, a lot of people just was it's hard, so they you know, they turn to that stuff. So anyway, it comes on. It's cannot Be Me Whitney. It comes on showtime. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to tell the truth because I didn't I don't want to see these you know, these these documentaries like the one that was on um Tony Braxton. I didn't watch that cuz I'm not a Tony Braxton. I didn't care. But I heard that it was like very fluffy and clearly like I don't like the in other words I don't like these documentaries and biographies where it's clearly the person has, you know, had all kind of artistic control and all kind of approvals, and they're only going to tell the good part, and they're not going to show anything bad about themselves. I don't like that. Like, I want to hear the truth. I want to know what happened. If it, You know what I mean? I wa- So, that's what this documentary looks like, but it's not like a drag job. It's not like one of them scandalous ones where they try to throw all your business out. Like, they're interviewing people that know her, um, and it, you know, I want to see it, and, and I think it's going to be good, so... Just wanted to shout that out, and I might need help, y'all, because Amy took me down. And I loved Whitney, man. When Whitney died. I, I mourned for Whitney like I knew her. Like that whole week, I was sad. I watched the whole funeral on the new on the uh, CNN. That whole three long ass hour funeral. I couldn't listen to her music for a long time. For like a really long time, I couldn't listen to her music because I thought Whitney was gonna be all right. When Whitney was on Oprah, and Whitney came for her last little uh, you know comeback tour, whatever. I really thought she was going to make it. Um, and I just was devastated. Like, like and not even just that she died, but how they did her, how they disrespected her with that fucking party. Oh, my God, I've never seen anything so profane and disrespectful in my life. How do you have a party for the guest? Of, Whitney was the guest of honor for that party. She died. She is dead upstairs, not even out of the hotel yet, on the floor. body still warm. And you have a party? Are you kidding me? How profane is that? Who are you? What kind of people are you? Are you a human being? Who does that? Shaka Khan God bless her, got on Larry King and said that, like, oh, Clive Davis talking about, what we I asked sissy, and sissy said, okay, sissy, daughter, daughter, my daughter just died. I don't give a fuck about this party. Whatever, Clive, have a fucking party. Like, why would you even call me about that? Why do you have to call me about a party? Why doesn't the human decency in you say, you know what, we're gonna cancel this party, sorry. Everybody go home, like, The guest of honor's dead. I mean, you know, go home. Like, awful. It was just awful. She deserves so much more than that. Whitney Houston, I know you young and millennials, so I might not know because by the time y'all realized Whitney was, like, deep into her drug problems and, you know, it was more known for, like, her issues than her excellence. But, like, when Whitney was um, uh, bodyguard Whitney and I want to dance to somebody who loves me Whitney and... Whitney that got booed at the Soul Train Awards cuz they thought she was too white but that that Whitney that Whitney was huge and Whitney was like nobody to this day. I mean the voice. Nobody sings like her. So I mean Whitney was incredible. Um Mariah and Whitney Houston just sold record after record competing 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 like, you know. So Whitney was huge. I mean even even after her decline, I mean everybody still knows, you know, Whitney Houston still had her voice. I mean uh the bodyguard was outstanding but like though that that shit hurt my heart so bad like i like i like i knew her um so yeah shout out to that all right so that is it it's been a slow week i refuse i'm not talking about your president i, I ran it on him last week i didn't want to um so we we going to skip him um oh and i meant to tell y'all um or not meant to tell y'all i've told y'all before Um, Check me out on Bumpers. I'm about to put up some reviews for um, some stuff up there. And I'm about to go see, I'm going to go see It. I haven't gone to see Atomic Blonde yet. Like, I keep, you know, weekends fly by so fast. And, you know, you got to squeeze everything you got to do in the weekend. And it's just, it's hard, and you know, to go sit in the theater for like two, three hours out of your day. And, you know, especially if you got to get a haircut. That's, you know, my barber, it's it's a whole thing. So, anyway, I haven't been able to see it yet. But I'm going to go see It and I'm gonna go see like some movies coming out maybe I'll I'll do. I'll do the Whitney review anyway check me out on Bumpers at Genghis Kells I do smaller short uh podcasts there on different you know on specific subjects not as long as this one okay moving on to shit I watch um Queen of the South outstanding again um actually I think this week might be the season finale. So, last week, I told y'all from the last episode, she done with Camilla now. She know Camilla's trying to set her up. So, um, she got, I gotta find out the muscles name. I always forget his name. But she got him and her crew, and, um, they bought the bag out. But, um, Camilla called the feds on them. So, Camilla, you know, she, she's a drug lord. She paid the feds off. She's trying to kill Teresa now, because she know... Teresa not fucking with her Teresa called her And was like Yo I'm not fucking with you I know what you did I don't want to come after you I don't want to hurt you I want out of this business Just leave me the fuck alone Um cause um you know Teresa still has the I told y'all her friend that got killed last season that had the son I, mean, I thought it was funny cause I've been asking this this little boy basically been in the hotel by himself like wait for Teresa was like yo wait here I'ma come back and she, she ain't been back in weeks and this little boy is just in the hotel room right so she finally goes gets the little boy and she like look I, I'm out of this so Camilla like oh I'm will fine Camilla always threatening always saying she like I'ma find you and hunt you down Teresa just hang the phone up like whatever bitch um, so, but Camilla had paid off the, F, you know, the, the federal agents, so they, um, the one agent who's always trying, the one, that one agent that she called, and the one who's always trying to get her to testify against Camilla, agreed to meet her in the little spot where they were, but because she, Camilla, uh, paid the feds off, they found out where she was by following him, so they trying to kill Teresa, so him and the, her and the fed end up in the cabin, shooting it out with these other feds trying to kill her. So, you know, they, like, looking at each other, and she, like, look, what you want to do? They they trying to kill me. They probably going to kill you, too, because you're dirty. So, like, we going to work together or what? So, she looking at him, but um, he, like, well, look, I'll help you. Yeah, of course I want to get out of here, but you got to give me a gun, because she don't, you know, she ain't trusting him. He a fed. He trying to take her in or whatever. So, they shooting up, shooting it up again. So, he, she looked like, all right, throws him the gun. So, they end up shooting it up and getting it out and getting out of there. Like, they end up killing the two feds that came to get him, and so because, like, she basically saved his life, because dude shot him in the shoulder She he was like look, I'm gonna let you go because we just had to shoot out, and they, you know you saved my life, like, they was gonna kill both of us so I ain't gonna try to take you when I'm gonna let you go, but for now, right, so that's what happened, so she goes, she gets back with um, the muscle dude and she lets him know. Uh, she gives him everything that happened. So basically, James set her up. Camilla and James were setting her up from the beginning to take the fall, like I told y'all last week, for this company. So James knew about this. Camilla knew about this. So now she's figuring it out. Like, oh, these motherfuckers bought me in the whole time and set me up. Cool. So she tells dude this and she, like, yo, you gonna be with me or you gonna be with them? And he, like, he looking at her like, bitch, I've I been with you. I'm here right now. Like, if I wasn't gonna be with you, right? Because she, he, he went. She um told him to go get the boy and keep the boy safe. And now he and she still got the wife from the lawyer that told her about the, the get the jig in the first place. So he's looking at her like I'm with you. So that's where we at now. So this last episode or last maybe couple episodes, we're gonna see what Camilla tries to do. But um, it's a good show, man. I don't, I don't know if y'all watch it out there or nah, not. Nah, I know it gets watched, but it's Queen in the South. It comes on um, USA. Thursdays at 10 and it's, it's so good and if you missed the first season it's on Netflix um that's that so I went through that really quickly because we gotta get to the last episode of Game of Thrones never first of all gotta give a moment of silence for my nigga Viserion we went down the battle, the White Walkers He did his best They came through there They burnt y'all up, they got Jon out of there But you, you took one for the team I don't know, the White, the Night King That nigga's not to be fucked with And he just was not impressed with y'all and Khaleesi and these dragons And he just came through and he just shot you through that harpoon at you like an Olympic athlete And shot you down with that motherfucking ice thing And um you know, sorry to see a real nigga go. We down to two dragons. Rest in peace, for Syria. You was a real one. We never gonna forget you. Amen. That's the bagpipe funeral that the Marine Corps playing, in case y'all ain't know. Anyway, Game of Thrones. So hopefully by now, I have told y'all on several of these episodes why Khaleesi is that bitch, why Khaleesi is the bad bitch, why Daenerys Targaryen ain't got a fucking demands that the knee be bended because she's that bitch and can't nobody do what she does and if you don't see that by now, then I don't know what to tell you, because that bitch jumped on the back of her dragon with the baddest coat you ever seen did y'all see that coat oh my god, this bitch had a she was giving looks this bitch is a dragon queen from the runway, like, what the fuck is this, and I had the nerve to have a dragon piece with that shit, like, oh, so she jumps on the back, so, she jump. I'll give the recap, and then, and then we'll discuss, so she jumps on the back of the dragon, because Jon Snow, and then went to catch, um, a walker, to take back the Cersei, which we all know is these niggas is risking life and limb, and, and, and half of them them died to get this walker to take back to convince Cersei. And we know Cersei just ain't gonna give no fuck. Cersei just gonna be like, "Oh, oh, I, I'm listen. Uh, this bitch out here with the dragons is still trying to take my throne. I have self swords. I, I don't, I don't care about this shit. We at war. Y'all know Cersei Lannister ain't gonna give a fuck about none of this shit." But anyway, so they end up they find the the, the whites and the Night King, and they end up getting surrounded. And dumbass the hound. So they, they, they end up getting surrounded. They find a walker. They 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 um get a walker isolated, like they get into this battle, they kill the white king because John has the Valerian steel sword. And they get him, but like he sends out this scream or whatever that I guess that calls the rest of the undead. So they show up with the four um horsemen on the horseback, they show up and they start attacking John and them. John the Hound, torment um Gendry, and um Whoever else went with them, I forgot. It was like four of them. Oh, Jorah and like a couple of them. It was like 10 of them, I think. Um, start attacking them. So these niggas are hugely outnumbered. So they end up running across this like frozen lake um, that's starting to crack. They make it because it's like only eight of them. So their weight is not too much. When the army did that, start trying to follow them because there's so many of them. They crack through the ice and fall. So they stop. So John and them is up on this little like ice flow in the middle of this lake, frozen lake. Just kind of standing there, surrounded by these hundreds—look like hundreds of thousands of the whites, like about to die. Cause like, soon as this fucking river float, this lake fro freeze enough, these niggas gonna come over. So, dumbass the hound throws a rock and hits one of the fucking uh, whites in the in the face, and the rock drops and slides across the thing, and that's how they figure out that the, the, they see that and they figure out that they can walk. So of course they start moving forward. John and them fighting but I mean, it's, they about to lose, like it's so many of them, they, they got a hold of almost everybody, I thought Tormund was gonna die they had Tormen by the fucking neck, I thought they was gonna take his neck, his, his head off then I thought they was gonna pull him in the water, I thought Tormin was a goner, I was so stressed um, but right before all this occurred, they send Gendry they tell Gendry they, that he's the fastest and to go run back and tell get back to the wall and let the, and, and send a raven out to Denaris to let her know what happened right, let them know, listen, we got ambush, we ain't making shit all on you, send the raven, so, as they getting advanced on by the army of the dead, and they, I mean, they doing what they can, but, like, clearly, they gonna be overtaken eventually, because there's, like, so many of it's so many of them, that they not even excited about, like, the four kings, they just sitting there waiting for, like, that never will occur, they just marching on and marching on and marching on them. eventually we gonna get y'all, oh, but no, because, Daenerys Targaryen, first of her name, Queen of the Andals and the First Men, the Unburnt, uh, Queen of Marine and whatever the fuck else ever, and Mother of Dragons, comes through on the back of Drogon and burns the whole army of the dead up. Just whoosh, 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 just comes through. Comes through as Daenerys is wont to do. As much as y'all talk about she's entitled and she got an attitude, this is why this bitch has an attitude. Because of this shit, she can do shit like this. Because she comes through with her dragons and saves the motherfucking day. That's why she has a fucking attitude. That's why she demands that you bend the knee and call her your queen. Because she is the goddamn queen. And I'm not gonna, y'all not gonna be just running around here claiming this and claiming that in my kingdom, so sorry, I came back here to take all of this shit, so, she comes through, she saves them, she lands, meantime, as I told y'all, rest in peace Viserion, the Night King, he showed he ain't no punk either, and he walked over and picked this, this ice spear up, and Viserion, much like Recon Stark, come flying straight through the pass. he not zigging or zagging, nothing, Drogon and Khaleesi be zigging, she be staring at them, they be zigging, they be zagging, they be throwing just, just, um, Spears and shit at them, but you know they be dipping and dodging. The Vass- Vass- Syrian just this nigga just flying straight through like it's the turnpike, and um, you know the Night King hits him and kills him and um, knocks him into the river. So you know the Daenerys kids, Daenerys kids, she hurt, but um, you know she's still a bad bitch. So she's on the back of the dragon. She says she gets Jorah and everybody up on the back of the dragon, turns to reach her hand for Jon Snow. John goes to Reach, but Jon Snow, being Jon Snow, some, like, walkers is starting to come up on him. Instead of grabbing t- Khaleesi's hand, Daenerys, whatever, Denaris's hand, I'll call her Denaris now, because she's back in Westeros. Instead of grabbing Denaris's hand so they can get on the damn dragon and go, he turns around and start fighting the walker. They grab him and pull him in the water. <sighs> Denaris sits there, she looks, she gives him a few seconds, like, you know, is he gonna make it, he gonna make it. She sees he's not gonna make it. She has to turn, she goes, so she pulls off with who she has, she leaves Jon Snow. Um, they go, they get back to the wall. She's standing on the wall, looking like is he gonna make, like trying to see is he gonna make it back, so in the meantime, um, Jon finally fights his way up out the water, Bingen comes through. Cause the sword that, um, Jon is carrying Longclaw, I don't know, it's made out of weird wood, and I think it got some kind of connection with the Starks because, um, the eyes on the sword open up, and Benjamin comes through. Uncle Benjamin comes through and saves him. Now, he starts fighting with the walkers and gives John just enough time to get back. So, like, Daenerys is standing there looking over the wall, like, trying to see if John's gonna come. And just as she turns to leave, figuring out, well, I guess he really dead, here comes John on the horse. They let him in. She looking at her nephew's daddy like, uh, she's so relieved. Jorah, Sir Sir Jorah looking salty because he thought he was finally going to get Khaleesi to himself but apparently he's still in the friend zone Um, and so they come back they get John in bed and um, when he finally comes to he finally, like I told y'all What did I say? I said Jon Snow, I think like everybody else who runs across Daenerys is gonna understand what she is and that she's the real one and this is that bitch and this is the one true queen Is gonna bend his knee and and recognize that she's the queen and that's goddamn what happened cause how many times do I gotta come through and save y'all niggas ass before y'all stop questioning me so, that's what occurs, but it's super funny because (laughs) cause Daenerys clearly Likes John, and John clearly likes Daenerys, and everybody's trying to act like they don't. And it's this one scene where um, Daenerys is talking to Tyrion, and Tyrion is like, hey, "Isn't it funny how all these dudes that run across you fall in love with you?" And Daenerys is like, <laughs> "It's like what?" What you talking about? He was like, oh, yeah, Jon Snow just looked at you loving there Daener- It was just a funny scene because Daenerys was like, what? What you mean? Like, she was giving Tyrion that, what y'all talking about me? Yeah, he would be saying he loved me, but then he was looking at her. She was looking at him like, what? Y'all talking? What he saying? It was just a funny scene because, like, clearly, <laughs> clearly she likes him. and She was trying to play it cool, but she was looking at Tyrion like, he said that? What'd he say? <laughs> um, so they have this little, you know, Shindig got the side of the bed, he tells her he's sorry about her dragons, she tells him she'll help him, cause I mean she see these things now, and um he bends the knee um, as it should be they don't know they are related yet though, so I'm calling him Nephew Zaddy um, yeah so, that's the plot of Game of Thrones, what I really want to talk about is like, people seem all on the TL, and people have issues saying like, like they're plot holes and they feel like they're rushing it I don't feel like they're rushing it. I feel, I don't, I really don't. Like, I I feel like the season that I thought was rushed was three and four, where they combined the two books. They cut so much out, and they they speed it. I thought that was, I don't think this is rushed. I think it's, there's a lot of stuff to cover, and they're trying, like, there's only a little bit left, and they're trying to get to it. Like, I mean, like, again, with the insecure thing, like, at some point, like, I feel like the writers um, uh, assume a certain level of, like, uh, you gotta give them, like, a, you gotta suspend a little bit of disbelief, like, people were talking about the timeline, but, like, I just assumed, I mean, I just assumed that they, it didn't all occur in, like, 20 minutes, like, yeah, John and them were surrounded by those walkers for a little bit, like, we saw they were, Look, at least the day it was light and then it went dark, we saw Khaleesi got the, like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, I didn't think it was that unrealistic, like, oh, how would Ginger get back? Cause he ran, they wasn't they didn't go that far. They were walking. It's not like they were on horses or anything. They were walking. They weren't walking that far before they saw the white. So, like maybe, maybe they went ten miles. Like perhaps they had walked ten miles. Like you can run ten miles. Like people, like you. I mean, it's far. Don't even me wrong. I wouldn't want to have to run ten miles, but it's not like you could do it. <laughs> you know what I mean, you could you could run ten miles. So he he sprinted and he got back and he got the raven. Dragonstone's not that far. I mean. I just, people were like, oh, I wish they would have wrote at the bottom of the screen that time passed. I mean, I think that they just assumed that you have a certain level of intelligence and that you're just going to figure out that time passed. Like, why do they have to write clearly time passed? Like, you thought that they were just standing there. I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. Like, shows do that all the time. Like, you just, they show a scene, and then they show a scene later, and it's clearly later. Like, I don't know why they have to write and then a week later, like, why did, why did, you, I just assumed that it was later, I thought it was obvious that it was later, like, clearly it was, uh, like, at least a day or two, so, you know, I, I don't, I, those kind of critiques, I never understand, like, so, if they don't write, if they don't let you know some kind of way that it was seven days, or it was a few days later, you can't figure it out, and then they were like, oh, where'd they get the chains? Um, they may have been carrying the chains with them, or, I mean, this nigga is a, as a, a a dead king who can raise things from the dead, and slays dragons with an ice spear, I mean, perhaps he has some chains in his bag, I don't know like, I, I don't, things I didn't think, I don't think that those were the kind of things that like, made the story not make sense, like, they had chains, I don't know where they got them, maybe one of them fucking dead was carrying them, maybe it was on a horse pack, like, they had chains, like, I didn't think that that was something that made the story not make sense um, the thing with Arya and Sansa, everybody has a problem with that. I think it's obvious that there's more to that than what it seems. Um, I think that Sansa or, or Arya is trying to set Littlefinger up. I mean, I think it's obvious. Um, we know that Arya has gone to Braavos and is a faceless man and has learned all this stuff. Like, she didn't just learn how to fight. She learned—she didn't creeped up on, on the fucking—the um, phrase— Walder well, Frey, she killed all of them, cooked them in a... She's an assassin, she's killing... We done seen Arya do all kind of fantastic shit. So, for, to think that she's just gonna... She, she don't trust Littlefinger. She knows Littlefinger's not shit. She knows that Littlefinger killed her family because she was in the hall when they planned it. She knows all about Littlefinger. So she knows to keep her eye on Littlefinger and knows that Littlefinger's treacherous and sneaky. So, to think that she's just gonna be so dumb now all of a sudden that, that she's gonna, like, just fall for the shit Littlefinger is doing, like... I just think it's obvious. This is what I was talking about with the foreshadowing that they do. Like, I just think it's obvious that it's more than what it seems. I think she's, I think it's all, I don't know. Now, Sansa, y'all know Sansa's not my favorite. I suspect, though, that Sansa is also trying to draw Littlefinger out, because as we know, Sansa knows that Littlefinger can't get be trusted. So I think that she's sending Brienne away and appearing to, fall for what he says to draw him out just make him make his move okay I know this nigga's up to something he gave Bran his dagger he's got us here now He's he, what he does is so chaos I know he's gonna try to do something so let me let me act like I am falling for it to so he can make his move that's what I think Sansa is doing either that or Sansa's really dumb now Sansa has been really dumb the entire show so it's quite possible that she's just being really dumb I'm not discounting that cause we know Sansa we know Sansa but I suspect that's what it is. I don't think I I just she knows Littlefinger. She knows she can't be trusted. She's been eyeing him. I think that she's trying to draw him out. Okay. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him think that, you know, this is whatever he's saying is working and I'm gonna send these people away and I'm gonna see him make his move. I'm gonna see what he's trying to do. All right, I know he's trying to put me and Arya against each other. Arya is a crazy assassin, I don't know what her fucking problem is, but I'll worry about that later. But I know motherfucking Littlefinger's up to some shit. Arya's up to some shit. So this, I need to figure, I need to, one of these niggas gotta make their move. That's what I think Sansa is doing. She could also be being, pulling a Sansa. We'll see. But, um, you know, I I just, I don't, I think that, I don't, I just don't understand, like, do y'all watch the show? Do y'all? they do this kind of stuff all the time, like, if things were obvious, it wouldn't be a good show, (laughs) just like when that, when the Waif, when we all thought the Waif had killed Arya, and found out Arya had a plan the whole time to draw her down, And we thought Arya was just stabbed, and, and, and and stumbling along, and was about to die, and it turns out she was pulling the Waif in, I think she's doing the same thing with Littlefinger, because she has learned, um, so yeah, I don't really think, I don't think there's a plot holes, and I don't think it's out of character, I think it's part of the story. And I think it's a plan, I think that what she's saying to Sansa, she believes, I think she wants to drag Sansa a little bit, but again, Arya was in the hall, so Arya knows what happened Arya knows way more about the situations than Sansa does, Sansa only, Sansa was at King's Landing with Cersei, and then she got sold to Ramsay, so she only knows that part Arya knows way more about what went on, so to think that Little Finger is just gonna s- s- fool her with this little note. I just don't see it. I think I think they're setting him up. I think she's uh going after Littlefinger. And again, Ari's a faceless man so we don't know who she's been creeping around at. If she had a bag full of faces she might have already set Littlefinger up. She could be a guard. She could be anybody. Littlefinger doesn't know. Littlefinger just think, oh Ari's back and oh she learned some fighting techniques but she don't know. He doesn't know all the shit she knows. He doesn't know the magic. She can do magic and all this. He has no fucking idea about Aria. So I don't know. I I don't I think that I don't know. Like I think y'all are being like a little ridiculous and I think it's like the show is is as good as it is because they don't do dumb shit like start writing a character totally different. Like there's a reason for why they're doing this. Um probably related to the plot. So we'll see, but I would be surprised if they're not setting little finger up. And I mean, Littlefinger. I mean, you know, his usefulness as 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 the story goes, like his usefulness has come up. So it's you know, something's gonna have to happen, with Littlefinger. Like he's not gonna be king. You know, he wants to sit on the Iron Throne, but that's not gonna happen. So, you know, clearly something's about to be amiss. So, um, yeah, blacking Chicago. Um, what happened last week? Charmaine lost her job, which she should have because they went to the cabin and she fucking. Missed like even though she was on probation And warrant from the last time she fucked up Fucked up again I don't know Charmaine is like I know your 20s is the time to like figure Shit out but I feel like she too old to be doing The shit she do like she's like a kid like Girl you got a job like When you got a job like yeah I go to the ca- I wouldn't have went to the cabin that's me I'm washed But whatever if I go okay cool But uh, this is all nice but at 11 o'clock I'm going to bed cause I gotta go to work so y'all Can y'all keep it down please you know what I mean like Who loses their job because they up partying At night like give me a break um Ryan and Kat we find out are probably fucking which is wild corny to me um what else oh Van and um his crazy ass wife uh Don sorry and his crazy ass wife go to church and do this whole is Don a Christian I can't Ashley is ugh, Ashley do the most like Don is, is a fuck nigga don't get me wrong but like Ashley is I feel a lot of Don, I mean Don's a fuck nigga for sure but I feel like a lot of his, I just feel like he don't need that stress in his life. Like, I feel like he would have less problems. A lot of the shit he does, a lot of the fuck nigga shit he does, is because she is just so ridiculous. Like, the nigga's a hoe, okay? He got all these kids, he got all these outside kids, he, you know, he never really wanted to get, like, girl, just, she... She's just trying to force this family life and, and trying to make this nigga into something he's not. And that just never works. And I just I just feel like his life would just be easier if he... I just feel like it was a mistake to marry that girl. You clearly don't want to marry her. You feel like because that's the mother of your child, y'all got to get married, y'all got to have a baby. I get it. I'm not knocking that, but, like, y'all hollering all the time. Y'all screaming and yelling. You think the kid don't feel that energy. Like, no, like, it's just... Y'all doing too much, so... um then, uh, I don't know what to say about that nigga, other than he wouldn't still be in my shop, but I guess they made up now, um, we gonna see how that goes, um, Cobra's back, oh, um, the, the Mexican dude, Eddie, I think his name is, or this new tattoo artist that's kinda cute, she's very cute, she's kinda my type, extremely cute, um, but she got drunk and started tripping, like she just started bugging out, so I don't know if she's alcoholic, but she's you know how some of them out it's it's different kind of alcoholics, but it's one kind of alcoholic that like soon as they get some alcohol, it's it's y'all ever known like so like if y'all got somebody in your family like they are the kind of alcohol they drink one drink and be drunk, and they just keep drinking and it just whole personality change, and they just start tripping like when they sober, they don't act nothing like that. Like they cool, but then you get them one drink. Like it's some it's some alcoholics that they drink and drink and drink and drink and drink, and then eventually they get drunk and they be pissy drunk. But then it's them other kind of like alcohol. They call them allergic alcoholics to where they actually have a, a, a allergic reaction to alcohol. So you get them like one drink, like and they get that one drink and had them pissy drunk, and they just keep drinking, but they be already drunk from the one drink. Um. That's what she was, cause she just like took that one drink and her whole personality changed. So I don't know about that one, but um, she's cute. She's a cute girl and she's a real good tattoo artist. We gonna see what happens with that. Um, yeah. So I'm there. We there we go. We that's a good time. Um, I've been some of some of these podcasts I like listening to. Y'all been having these two hour episodes. (laughs) Y'all, two hours is a long time listening somebody talk. Um, I've I've had a couple here not on purpose, um, I go out of my way to not have two hour episodes I ain't got nothing to talk about that long, so um, yeah, that's that's this episode, um check out Whitney on Saturday, check out Breaking Browns, it's a good podcast, if you a smart nigga, if you dumb, you ain't gonna like it I'm telling you right now, but if you smart, you'll like it, um yeah, check me on Bumpers, uh, Genghis Kells on Bumpers, um Write me if you you know want to tell me anything or any topics or anything you want me to cover. Uh, the emails at Thanks for at gmail dot com. You can reach me on Twitter at kmgg. That's my personal account. And then there's thank. Please follow me on Thanks for at Thanks at Thanks underscore for asking without the G. Follow me. I got some more followers. Thank you. But if y'all can make my following look like my listener count, that'd be great. Um like me, oh, I see a lot of y'all went on iTunes to like me, thank you, please, some of the rest of y'all going there, it's easier now, you on got to do the five steps, just hit a star Um, hook me up Um I see y'all comments on SoundCloud so anyway, thanks for listening, tell your friends, um, listeners are growing, I appreciate it um, thank y'all uh, yeah, and I hope everybody have a good week, and oh, what am I name this I've been on a roll for not having names, right episode 116 I'm going to name this. Nephew Zaddy? I don't know. Dang. Alright, one of these ones, I'm going to have a name. I'm going to have a name before the end. So, alright, well, y'all will know when this go up. Alright, um, peace.